I'm not from here, but I've lived in this community for more than 35 years. I've worked for both cities. I've lived mostly in Bryan, and my wife and son and I have spent a whole lot of time in a variety of Bryan parks. So we are big fans of the Bryan Park system. And I'm also a big fan of today's guest. Welcome to Brazos Matters, I'm Jay Sokol. I get to visit today with Ashley Bennett, Recreation Manager for Bryan Parks and Recreation. Ashley, welcome to Brazos Matters. Hey there, thanks for having me. Of course. So we worked together at the City of Bryan for like six or seven years, I think. Something like that. But I left there 16 years ago. So I want your favorite memory of the Sokol years, go. Oh, good gravy. Um, probably the the video collection that mm. we used to do, the or that y'all used to do, the, um, what was it, Brian Beat, or no, not Brian Beat. Brian and Inside Look. Yes, that one, absolutely loved them. That was a little bit off the rails. Oh, it was great, and the, you know, the calendars were pretty fun too, but. Yeah, yeah, we did some very uncity-like stuff. Those were fun days. They were fun days. I liked working with you. Same. So, okay. I want you to first explain the areas of Brian's Parks and Recreation Department that you are in charge of. Well, a certain person who I'm sitting here speaking with today branded me the queen of fun. That and was you. Yes, that was me. <laughs> so uh, that's exactly what I do. I'm the recreation manager, so anything recreation fun, which includes um, athletics, aquatics, youth programs, adult programs, senior programs, uh, special events, the marketing of our department, you know, anything fun you see out there, mm -hmm. it's under my, my area. That's a lot. It, it can be. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I've worked for both cities and they are very different. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. They are just different. Absolutely. Um, the parks departments are different. So College Station Parks and Recreation has, from what I can tell, uh, 68 employees and a budget of almost $11.5 million. Brian Parks and Recreation has 25 employees <laughs> and a budget of about 6.2. This is at least out of the general fund. Yes. Now my opinion is that Brian Parks and Rec has a history of kind of punching above its weight, you know, considering staffing and funding, but you guys have very high quality parks and very lean targeted programs. That's how I see it. Well, how do you see it? I would say the same way. Um, we. You know, I, it's, it's about being effective and doing the best with what you have and what's, what's available to you. So um, I think we make a lot out of what's available to us. Mm -hmm. And I think our, our parks crew and our parks are some of the best you'll find. Um, and so we do the best and, and try to provide what we can. Yeah. So you've worked for Brian Parks and Rec for nearly 22 years, I think. That's correct. So I would love to know what you think are the most impactful changes to the park system and the recreation offerings that, that we can see, um, and also the most impactful changes that you see, but maybe we don't? Well, you know, we've been through a lot here lately um, with directors changing and, and all of that. Um, but I will say when some of the things that we've done better is we've created some more youth programs mm -hmm. and you know, some people may think we don't offer enough, but the programs that we do offer take a lot of planning and a lot of work. Um, and so in my time frame, that's one of the things I, I realized when I came on is, you know, I had a 
toddler and realized there was not a whole lot for toddlers. So I started our Pee Wee Sports program, um, which has since morphed into the Start Smart program. Yeah. And so there's that. And then we also didn't have a full day camp that was provided. So that's where Camp Hero came into being. Tell um, me about Camp Hero. Camp Hero is a all summer long uh, weekly program that is offered for kids ages 5 to 12. Um, starts at 7.30 in the morning, ends at, actually now it's 7 um, to 6 p.m. And we provide, they get to go swimming twice a week, they go on a field trip once a week, they have guest speakers come in, they have all kinds of games and activities. And our biggest thing that I am the most proud of, you bring them to us a little sleepy, we send them home very sleepy. <laughs> That's nice. Is for any five to 12 year old? Any five to 12. You do not have to be a citizen of Bryan. Okay. You can, I mean, we've got folks that drive in and work here from Hearn and Caldwell and, and whatnot that put their kids in the program. You can be a college station resident too. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably one of my, one of my programs I will say I'm probably the most proud of is it's grown. It started with, you know, maybe 25 kids and we can have 250 to 300 kids in the program now. Oh, wow. And that's a lot. What is the cost for that? It's $100 a week, which is very inexpensive in this town. And how many weeks did you say? It can go for the whole summer, give or take. It can be anywhere from nine weeks to 11 weeks, depending mm -hmm. what Brian ISD school schedule is. Okay. That's a neat program. Yeah. You talked about uh, about the, the Pee Wee Sports that has turned into Smart. Start Smart. Start Smart. Because... Your son and my son are about the same age. That's correct. And I remember Grant, uh, I think, being an early participant he in, was. in the uh, soccer. Yes. Right? Yes. And we, we used to have, um, you know, the Where's Waldo in our activity guides. Yep. It was always Where's Grant Sokol. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, when you're in the communications office and you need photos. Absolutely. You can put your son in stuff. It was the best. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, nobody liked that more than Grant. Oh, I know. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, well, hang oh. on. Speaking of Grant Sokol, yes. do you remember Medium Size Cold? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so that was another uh, edition, a video edition of uh, Brian and Inside Look, and we did a, a cool feature about the, uh, it was the family camp, camp out, out, mm -hmm. out at Austin's, Austin's Colony. Colony Park. Yeah, which was terrific. And uh, it, chronicled, it chronicled the Sokol family, at least one of the subplots uh, on a uh, treasure hunt, I think. Um, and we did not do great, but Grant was leading the way, and he gave us a little assessment of of the weather. Yes. And it was medium-sized cold. That's correct. It's one of the favorite things uh, I remember from that. He's uh, he's still a medium-sized cold guy. That's awesome. See, people get to hear us reminisce. Yeah. Um, now, you talk to me about the, the most impactful changes, though, that you see, the changes to the parks and rec system that maybe we don't know about. Well, it's our parks improvement plan to be honest with you. Um, it's We annually request and get funded for funds to help us continue to improve our parks, um, go back and replace old broken items. So we just put new uh, picnic tables and barbecue grills and lights and trash cans in 25 of our parks. Mm. And you know, people don't necessarily realize how much those things cost right. and how labor intensive it is and how hard it is to plan putting all those in and keep them up. And since we've been getting this program um, and, and, and doing this plan, we've been able to, to really make a, um, 
make a difference in what our parks look like. Yeah. How forward-looking is that? How many years into the future do you look at for that sort of thing? We are continuously planning. We've got it. Our plan currently is through, oh, good gravy. I can't remember how long it is. It's maybe a five-year plan, okay. and then we keep renewing it. Yeah. And so what we do is we do an annual assessment of where we stand mm -hmm. on it, and we'll um, determine by need, which is safety, um, appearance, those types of standards on what needs to go to the top of the list. Yeah. And we, you know, we've, we recognize that our picnic tables and trash cans and the barbecue grills, they were just all not in the best of shape. Well, and heavy potentially use, heavy use items. They are heavy use items, yeah. absolutely. And so um, that's something that, that, that Parks Improvement Plan has come around relatively new. It's a new kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's been in the works for a, about eight years or so, potentially, okay. um, but we're really starting to see it rev up, and um, you know you can tell a difference. Okay, so according to the city's budget book, um, Bryan Parks and Rec operates 53 public parks, a golf course, yes. two athletic complexes, a recreation center, three pools, an amphitheater. Where's the amphitheater? That's a good. Oh, at um, is that at Haswell? I believe that's at Haswell, okay, I because I, I couldn't remember that. And three cemeteries. So I imagine there are amenities or services that are popular for a period of time or a generation or two, but like everything else, things change. So the idea of putting something in a park and allowing it to stay forever, uh, no matter the usage, that might not be how you guys operate. So I'm curious, what is the philosophy and approach for you guys? Well, we, we determine need. We do an annual assessment of how much our pavilions are being used. Um, we keep track of, you know, what is happening in our neighborhoods. Our parks guys are out there looking at things. So there's times that we will look at something and go, is, is that playground truly needed here? Mm. Or would it be better if we put it over here? That's So for instance, you know, we've got several of our parks that are on different sides of the street or any of those, and which side is more used heavily, what would be better here than there. Um, Something like a Tanglewood Park. Yes, Tanglewood. Okay. Um, you know, you've got your playgrounds and stuff on one side, and on the other side, it's open field with um, the splash pad mm -hmm. and a connecting trail. Um, so we look at those. We also look at the use of, um, like for instance, at Austin's Colony, um, the old inline skating rink, we turn that into a permanent pickleball. Okay facility because as everybody knows, pickleball's where it's at. Okay. Are you a pickleball player? Uh, well, I'm not yet. Okay. Uh, my wife has tried this. She's got a group of friends who are uh, peer pressuring her into getting into it more. Mm -hmm. So I'm tempted. I'm tempted to give it a try. Yeah. So we look at those things as, is it being used for what it was intended? Is there something better we can do with it? Right. And so it was determined the need for pickleball in an, in an outside courts, there's four courts there, and they are heavily used. Okay, so I was going to ask you about pickleball okay. uh, in, in a few minutes, but I'm scooching that up on the list here. So is the city of Bryan, is Bryan Parks and Recreation kind of ready to double down on it? Because it is increasingly popular, but I know at least in some other cities across the country, there's also, um, there's also an increasing amount of complaints due to the noise created by pickleball. So, you know, What's the Bryan Parks and Recreation approach, so far at least, to pickleball? Well, we've added 
uh, at Neil Recreation Center, we actually painted lines, permanent lines, on the basketball court there. Okay. So that way that's available. But um, I, I would say my goal is to add more um, in different locations and looking at, you know, tennis courts that aren't being used or slabs that are already in there that we can modify and create. Mm. So um, we are on the pickleball bandwagon, okay. but it's just a matter of determining where's the best location. Are you seeing any trend of, of tennis courts being used less for tennis? A little bit. Yeah. Um, we're seeing, you know, the, the larger tennis courts like at um, Rayburn um, Intermediate um, and at Jane Long mm -hmm. Intermediate, those stay pretty full with uh, with the with tennis and, and whatnot. But a lot of the neighborhood parks, we've got people asking for pickleball courts there because yeah. that's what they want. Yeah. Okay. So you're listening to them. Yes. All right, so if you just tuned in, uh, I'm Jay Sokol, you're listening to Brazos Matters, and my guest is Ashley Bennett, Recreation Manager for Bryan Parks and Recreation. So getting back to some of our earlier conversation about uh, maybe seeing habits or demand change, um, how much, and, and we talked about tennis courts, but talk about habits that you're observing related to pools or trails or where this demand aside from pickleball, what are people wanting and what are people kind of leaving behind? Well, the interesting thing is when COVID hit, it really took a, a toll on us being able to offer a lot of programs. Yeah. And we found the need for more outdoor space type activities, whether it's, well, a lot of it was for people to be able to do by themselves or with a small group or any of uh, those things. So that's one of the big reasons pickleball came into effect. Disc golf is another thing that is, it's come back. It kind of was popular there for a while, yeah. took a small dip, but it is back in action. Uh, matter of fact, we're about to complete an 18 hole course um, pretty soon. Where's that gonna be? It's gonna be, it's at Park Hudson Trail and Tiffany Park. It goes along the trail and into Tiffany Park. Now, wasn't there a time when not just you guys, but when disc golf courses were being removed. They were, we had a we had a park. So your thing that you were talking about with pickleball, um, the complaints of noise and, and those types of things came to it, you know, for other parks. Um, so we had to be very careful in looking at where we put this and make sure it's not right around houses or any of that nature um, and just, you know, be careful with placement mm -hmm. and really assess is this the right location. How about pools? You guys operate three pools. We three. We have the Bryan Aquatic Center, which is our year-round. Right. Um, we we like to say it's heated because it is by the sun, but then <laughs> we kick the heater on as soon as the sun no longer gives us the warmth we need. Okay. Um, and then uh, we have two seasonal pools: Henderson Harbor, which is at Henderson Park, mm -hmm. and Sadie Thomas, which is at Sadie Thomas Park. The popularity and usage of those pools. Um, Bryan Aquatic Center is heavily used by lap swimmers mm -hmm. and by swim teams and we've got our water aerobics and then during the summer it kicks up with our recreation users because we've got two big slides there that are a lot of fun. Sure. Um, and then um, during the summer um, we're starting to see more use at Sadie Thomas which is great. It's a great pool, great for families yeah. and we try to do different types of programs there. And then Henderson Harbor is is really fun too because there's a slide there as well and it's it's a big, um, people like to do their birthday parties at that location. Hmm. 
So I know for at least my time working with you at the City of Bryan, you guys were really churning through a ton of kids through swim lessons. Yes. And, and in fact, I think you had an endeavor to try to teach like every second grader or third grader we how, did. To, how to swim. Are you still seeing those kinds of numbers uh, of, of kids who need to, want to learn how to swim? We, we're still seeing numbers. Um, I believe we had, it was over 2,000 that we had go through swim lessons this year. Um, and so that's a, that's a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, but um, getting, the plan is to try to find a way to get back to those second graders. Mm. The problem is, is finding the transportation to get them to our location. I see. And the other thing that, why that kind of stopped for a little bit is it, the water got way too cold because we had it at um, Henderson Harbor. Okay. And so I had to, the mom and me came out and said, these babies are, are freezing. And I am too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, we're, you know, we do what we can. We try to get into the schools for water safety and talk about those things and just really push. If it's not swim lessons through us, please go get swim lessons yeah. because that's a life-saving skill. Yeah, so I was wondering, uh, you know, is there a generation that's sort of slipping through the cracks in terms of learning how to swim? I just didn't know if, if the families were prioritizing it, if, if you are seeing them still coming to you for that sort of service. We, we do, we, I mean, we're seeing it um, and we continue to push it. Okay, that's good to hear. Now, are you finding that Gen Z and Gen Alpha, we've got a Gen Alpha now, right? Do we now? So, yes, so Yay, Gen, Z, Gen Z is 95 through 2009, that's your son and my son. That's correct. And then Gen Alpha, uh, those folks were born after 2010, okay. Um, are you finding that they are not spending as much time in parks and outdoors as their parents and grandparents? And if that's right, what can you guys do? What's your profession doing to persuade them to get outdoors and into your spaces? You know, you, it, it, we are finding that. And, um, and unfortunately, part of it is because cell phones and technology and you know all of those fun things. Mm. Um, I start to date myself now when I start talking about stuff like that. But, um, you know, we've got some plans. We're looking at bringing, starting a teen camp that can help get kids outside. And that, that age group will be 13 through 15 mm -hmm. and, and focus on that. Um, and then, of course, you know, we hire kids that are 16 and up. Um, but, you know, if someone knows the magic answer of how to do that, love to have that answer. Um, but, you know, we continue to go and, uh, matter of fact, we've got a conference we're about to go to, to and, and there's some topics specifically on that. Mm. And then we're constantly trying to look for ways. Yeah, what are your peers talking about? What are you focused on right now? Aside from building more pickleball courts, like <laughs> what, <laughs> what are the, the, the challenges and the pursuits right now of your profession? A lot of it is just getting people out and being active. Um, I know that sounds weird because I just talked about when going outside and, and um, you know, during the COVID time and whatnot, but we also found that people just, they got really used to being kind of by themselves mm. and stuff. So um, we're starting to see some, some activity um, like with our senior dance, but the big, so speaking of the senior population and, and you know, I, I don't always like to use the word seniors because to me, it's active adults. Yeah. That's who we're focused on. 55 plus, you know, what, and I'm soon to be getting in that age say, range. That is getting very personal. I know, exactly. 
Um, but it's, you know, what can we do to, to get people, you know, have them meet each other, create new friendships, mm-hmm. get them out, let's go do fun things. Um, our senior dance is a big one. Um, that That's so much fun. We'll have it again in March. Um, and that's been um, about 350 people come. Oh, wow. And it's a blast. And they keep asking for more. So it's that population that's asking for more programming. Mm-hmm. Um, they really want to do trips and those fun things. And so we're looking, and I've um, put a big focus on that with our department this year. Um, teens is a big one. And then just con- you know, continuing to find those events or activities that don't require a lot of time. Um, you know, families can be spread very thin when their kids are involved in so many different things, but they still want to come together and do something as a family. Mm-hmm. So finding something um, that they can do that doesn't take a whole lot of time and can create memories. And that's what I say. We're memory creators. That's who we are. Yeah, I agree with that. So you've touched on a little bit of this uh, throughout. Uh, I know you have new amenities at a bunch of parks. You talked about some of some of the uh, equipment replacement mm-hmm. and so forth. You you have adult and youth sports, you've got aquatics, you have some special events coming up. You want to kind of run through some of this and give me a, a sampling of some of the big things we need to know? Okay, um, well I'll start with some of our parks. Okay. We've gotten we've got new playgrounds at um, six of our parks, okay. which um, you know a lot of people don't realize how much those cost. <laughs> and how, how long it takes to put them in. Okay, give me an idea. How much does uh, an average playground cost? Uh, you can be anywhere from small to 150, upwards to 300,000 plus. Wow. So it's, it's, and then that's just the unit that doesn't go with all the other things that sometimes can go into it. Okay. Which is the playground surfacing. We have to consider fall zones and all those types of things. Right. Um, so it's fun. <laughs> Um, but so Shirewood Park, Austin's Colony Park, Henderson Park, Part B, um, Castle Heights, Ibarra Park, and Greenbrier all got new um, new playgrounds, and they're so fun, and it's so exciting to see those things. Yeah. So um, that just shows our dedication to just continuing to improve our parks, and that's part of that park um, parks improvement plan that we have. All right. Um, and then as far as activities we've got, so the um, special events, we'll talk that first. Um, in October, we partner with Brian Viking Theater um, and do a trunk or treat so kids can eat program. Mm-hmm. That's October 21st. And um, entrance is five canned goods, and all of those go to the Brazos Valley Food Bank. Oh, that's great. So it's something, bring your kids out, do some trunk or treating, um, have play games, activities, we'll have food trucks out there, and then just know you're giving back to the community by being there. Sure. Um, and then of course, it's our holiday magic. Um, that is a great event. I Well, this one's gonna even be better because we're making some changes. Oh. Okay, tell me about Upgrades. it. Upgrades. Okay. So excited. Right. So we've had our snow hill, and we'll continue to have our snow hill, but it's going to look different this year. Okay. We're moving locations. We're kind of moving a lot of locations of things. Um, we'll not have just one snow hill. We're going to have two. One snow hill that's for, um, let's see, is it 42 inches and above? Okay. And then one that's 42 inches and below. So little kids can now go down their own little kid's snow hill. This is still at Haswell Park? Still at Haswell okay. Park. Location, yes, I know there's construction, but we've got a plan. Sure. We're really going to push using our charter, the, the, the buses, park over at Blinn, 
drive over so you don't have to worry about trying to find a spot. There's plenty of space over there. Great plan. And we'll bring you over. Um, so, and those buses run continuously. We've also gone from, we've added 30 minutes to the program. So we now, it starts at 5.30, goes to 9, because we want to give people as much opportunity as possible to have fun with the new amenities that we're bringing in. Excellent. So, yeah. And um, so that's um, the Thursday after Thanksgiving, every single year. When people ask me, when is holiday magic? The Thursday after Thanksgiving. So November 30th this year, um, 5.30 to 9 p.m. at Sue Haswell Park. We're gonna have a movie out there because I have a brand new movie screen. Mm. That's, uh, what is it, uh, 16 feet by nine foot. That's a good size screen. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. You can see it daytime or nighttime, so I'm pretty excited about that. Good for you. Um, Santa will have a new location and a whole new look. Um, we've got um, more games and activities than we've had before. Mm -hmm. um, we have all of our entertainment scheduled right now. <laughs> all entertainment is scheduled, which I know people, you know. People, you don't know that that's a big deal, but that's a big deal. Um, so that's taken care of. Um, we're already getting all our door prizes together and everything. Um, so yeah, it's that's going to be exciting this year. That's pretty terrific. It, it's awesome. Um, any other events you want to plug real quick? Um, babysitter's course. Left. So if you're Brian, if your kid goes to Brian ISD, or even if they don't, we have babysitter courses that are going to be going on that week that the kids are out for their fall break yeah. um, in October. Um, so be sure to check out our website and look at those, and you can register online. That's excellent. Okay, here's a little trite little question for you, and you've been asked this a hundred times. Uh, the old TV show uh, Parks and Rec. Real? No? How much do you love it? I would say some of it's not, but unfortunately some of it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, our director is nothing like Ron Swanson. Okay. So he's new, actually new available. New director, Brad Stafford. Yeah. And glad to have him. Um, he is actually, he doesn't sit in a round desk, doesn't try to get away from everybody, doesn't, you know, he, he wants us to come and talk to him, which is fantastic. Um, I have been, I have been uh, said that I can times it be Leslie. Oh, you're Leslie you know, Nope. Well, you know, I'm the binder queen, so. You are. Um, yes, I am. But, um, but no, it's, it's pretty funny how some of it can be very accurate and others you're like, well, I don't know quite so much. Huh. Okay. Um, final question for you. Got about a minute left. Your favorite park and why? Ooh, my favorite park. That's a hard question. Um, I got several, it depends on what you want. Um, I love Bonham Park and it's because it's just so open and green and it's just so pretty. I think it's when springtime comes, Bonham Park's just an awesome park. That trail is enjoyable to walk. Yeah. Um, Austin's Colony is another amazing one um, because you'd kind of forget you're in the city because it's tucked that's back. That's true, that's true. And so that's another favorite one. Um, Oh, heavens. You've only got 53 to, sh to choose I from. I know, it's so hard. We've got some new ones that have come on that are really awesome. Um, but those are kind of my two go-tos. Okay, I'll take those two. I will take those two. Ashley Bennett, thank you so much for the talk. Absolutely. Brazos Matters is a production of Aggieland's Public Radio, 90.9 KAMU-FM a member of Texas A&M University's Division of Marketing and Communications. 
Our show is engineered and edited by program director Matt Dippman. You can learn more about us by visiting kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. Visit the Brazos Matters archives for all of our interviews. I'm Jay Sokol. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you have a great day.